Yo, 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 what's good? What's good? Coffee and sports in the morning, aka Key, aka Freddie, aka everybody. We here with another edition of Coffee and Sports in the Morning, man. Make sure y'all drop that like and drop that share for us, man. So here we got uh my guy, we got uh two outstanding uh analysis guys up in the building. I'm happy to be a part of the uh a brotherhood with them and i'm happy they are part of the empire sports network we got the resident laker fan maurice how you <laughs> morning how you doing hey what's good i'm blessed all right i right. got you got you so we got the new edition aka you know like i said i got a cousin cousin named desmond probably my first cousin i never no, don't don't know that but we're not gonna uh speak of that we got the Denver Nugget fan, Nikola Jokic. They, hey, they win his third MVP. Third MVP, you know, Denver Denver Nuggets, Denver Broncos got some stuff to deal with over there. But, aka, we got Desmond in the building, the new addition. How you doing, man? I'm blessed. How you guys doing? It's a pleasure. Um, it's Monday, man. It's, it's good. It's good in Denver. Let's go. Yeah, it's a, let's do it, man. So, first topic, we're going to get right into the nitty-gritty, man. We had – a national title, you know, um, performance out of the agents for the LSU Lady Tigers. Congratulate uh, them for winning the national title. A lot of guy, a lot of people, you know, you tell me, I would have woke up today and looked looked at uh, today as, you know, hey, uh, LSU was winning the national championship today. You know, hey, um, I wouldn't believe it. Uh, South Carolina been dominant for a couple of years straight. Uh, nobody seemed to uh, been on a level. Uh, Iowa has probably the best ha- has the best player in basketball. I- has the best player in college. Uh, has the best player in college at this point. But outside of her, you know, she got a bunch of like role players on outside of her. But for her to carry that team straight to a national title, that is that's really something special. But again, congratulations to the Lady Tigers, and we're gonna touch up on this game. So LSU came in this game. I mean. You got to give credit to Iowa, man, for how they game plan for Leah Boston. If you watched South Carolina all year long, no, South Carolina hasn't saw that type of defense all year long. Uh, and Coach Lisa uh, Bluter, got to give her credit. She played the paint. Uh, they couldn't keep – they weren't, weren't going to keep them off the boards. They already knew that. You weren't going to keep 6'6", six, six, Leah Boston, 6'7", Leah Cardoso off the boards. But you know when you can stop them at, you can't stop them at the three-point line. Uh, South Carolina hasn't shot well all year from the three, and I don't understand how teams didn't notice that. But Iowa, Iowa was the only team that noticed that. They packed the paint. Uh, they shot. They made uh, three more threes than they did, which is seven. You know, uh, South Carolina only made four. So Lisa Bluter knew she, they couldn't shoot from the free from the three point line. And Caitlin Clark, I think, like I said yesterday, the other day, we was uh, doing this. I think South Carolina kind of underestimated Caitlin Clark's ability to be a driver, to be a playmaker. They played a one-on-one, and she carved them up inside of the paint and kind of exposed, exposed their kind of one-on-one defense instead of taking the ball away from our hands. Now, LSU was different, was a different story. They had everything. They had shooting. They had better guard play. They had better bigs that can penetrate, also put the ball on the floor, also put the mid-range, uh, shoot the mid-range. Jasmine Carson. I had to go literally go give me a Dr. Pepper yesterday for how hot she was. <laughs> she was hot as a hot pocket out there in the second quarter. Uh, she had a phenomenal game. Alexis Morris had 19 in the second half. Lit it up with 19 in the second half. Angel Reese is just going to be Angel Reese. 
The guard play was so much better than South Carolina was. And even, even if South Carolina got past probably Iowa, you can't tell me, LSU would have looked at that film and looked at what uh, the success that Iowa had uh, to beat uh, South Carolina. So, uh, Mo, you was in the stream all day yesterday looking at this game. Give me your thoughts on this game. I just thought that LSU had better athletes than South Carolina, better yeah. athletes than Iowa. And they didn't stop Caitlin Clark, but they challenged her. They wore her down. She hadn't seen that kind of physicality the whole tournament. Yeah. They yeah. were getting up in her. They were challenging her handle. Um, she And they were going at her on the other end. She wasn't used to that. And I, I really thought you could see the frustration from her and her teammates. There was a point in the game um, where they just looked shell-shocked. And I, I think I said that to you, Coach, in the moment. They were yeah. they, they didn't yeah. know what to do. And when she went to the bench, they had they didn't know what to do. Yeah. They, they yeah. knew they were going to be in trouble and they weren't going to be able to make up that difference because nobody else on that team can create other than yep. her. Yep. Dez, give, give me a thoughts, Dez, what you got? Man, you both hit it on the nose. Um, with LSU, just their team. Uh, two years ago, they weren't that good of a team, you know. Uh, and now you look two years later with the coach that they had, uh, they have. Uh, and she came from Baylor with that winning tradition. Um, and now they got a national title. But like uh, Mo touched on, though, um, if you look at the box score, you look at the game, LSU starters, all of them were almost in double figures, where um, Iowa, you just have the center and CC. That was it, pretty much it. That was your offense. Um, and like you said, that defense, that physicality, um, especially with Reese in the paint, and then 22 from Carson just off the bench, that really sparked LSU going with that physicality, that defense. Um, they shot 54% from the field, and they shot 10-3. And when you can't contest the three with Iowa's defense, it's going to be hard to win some championship games. But uh, it was definitely a good one with Iowa, though, for sure. Yeah, LSU had nine uh, new players on the team. She brought nine new players on the team. Uh, Lexis Morris, by the way, like what Des was saying at Baylor, she kicked off Alexis Morris off the team, actually. She kicked her off the team, actually. And she came back, and Alexis Morris uh, learned from that. She went to AM, then she came back. Lexis Morris got one more year of el eligibility if she wants to come back. She has a senior, but if she wants to come back, she's allowed to come back. Now, I believe it's an opportunity you see LSU back again. You still got Angel Reese for another two years. You got Flaje Johnson that can come back. She's just a freshman. And like I say, Alexis Morris, she can come back if she actually wants to. So if they want to run it back and be – you can see this team in the same spot. Caitlin Clark – Got another year of eligibility. I may well, you may might well see these two teams back playing each other again. But again, they had men, not to mention they had nine, the nine players. That's hard. That's a lot of chemistry that you got to work on during the summer. You can tell they did work that out uh during the summer. A lot of people will say, Oh, LSU ain't play nobody. They play the week schedule. Well, hey, it's not winning, it's not hard, it's not easy to win the NCAA tournament, especially beating Iowa. And just and you know beating uh, have to go through play South Carolina and get beat by them and then beat Iowa in the national championship. SEC was pretty tough. You had Tennessee who was really good in the SEC, but again, man, like I say, man, Caitlin Clark, uh, like I said, she did all she could. She did all he could. Her and Monica Sonata was in foul trouble. Outside of Caitlin Clark, uh, Maurice uh, said in the chat that, that uh, do they need to get the play get get the ball out of hands. 
can't get the ball out of Kaylin Clark's hand because who else you got? Who else you got that you can rely on to uh, dissect the defense? Now, the best thing you can do is try to run off some off ball screens and stuff like that. But other than that, you have nobody else that can create a shot on their own. You have nobody else. You see that right. when we went up out of the game, when she went up out of the game, everybody else is just basically shooters, just basically shooters. And the way LSU one-on-one defense was, the way they were pressuring the ball and getting physical with Caitlin Clark, couldn't nobody else outside of Caitlin Clark uh, and Monica Sonano probably do something. LSU played it straight up. They played same defense that South Carolina actually played, but they were more physical. That was the difference. They were actually more physical than South Carolina actually was with Caitlin Clark. So uh, you just got to give them, you just got to, uh, you know, give them, give them credit. They were the better team by far, the better team. And I knew LSU was going to be much more than a problem than uh, South Carolina probably than South Carolina probably would have been. South Carolina well, probably would have been. So, um, like I say, man, uh, shout out to Freddie. Jean said Caitlin Clark can't go pro yet. I know she she's not eligible. She she's got she right. got another year. She has another year. They not eligible to come out. They got to play their whole senior. Right. They got to play all all the years. They got to play all four years for them to come out. So he said, man, I know uh, Clark lost, but uh, she. And yeah, she yeah, yeah, she she good, man. That girl good and she did all she could. Oh, she balled out. She played well. And she hit some tough shots too. She hit some tough shots in that game, even when they play some uh very good defense, very good defense on her. So again, man, uh shout out to everybody for uh on a coffee coffee and sports edition. So the next topic we're gonna go to, uh, I'm gonna start with uh Marie. So I mean I'm gonna start with uh Dez on point this one. Uh was uh Angel Reese uh classless? For her actions versus against Caitlin Clark. Oh man, I, I talked. I was thinking about this yesterday once the game ended, um, and in the post game remarks um, from both players. Um, my personal opinion, I think it's okay, and the reason why because Caitlin Clark did the same thing um, in the semifinals, and then you can't see me. Um, and I guess with that excitement, you win a national championship. A lot of people don't understand the emotion that goes through the hard work, the dedication, the grind, and then you finally win. And uh, like reset, I may not fit the mold, but that's just me. Um, this is for me and others that are like me that can't speak up with the voice, you know. Um, so for her, I feel like it's commendable. I just feel like you just have to be humble at the moment, though, because you could be in the same predicament next year and someone else do that to you, you know, or or even worse. Um, but I just feel that the emotion and going through the grind of the season and the tournament, because the tournament does take a toll, the travel and everything else like that. Um, and then you win a national championship. Um, you And both of the women put a bunch of uh, numbers up. I mean, they broke, it's history making because uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, the, mo- the most three pointers in the NCAA tournament for men's and women's and points. And then you have Reese uh, with the 34th double double, which is the most, you know, so that's just, uh, history in the making and uh, women empowerment right there um, for being a voice. So I definitely think that Reese just has to calm it down. But for that national championship and on the emotion, um, I feel like it's commendable because the grind of that, you go through that, um, you have to be in their shoes to kind of see just that emotion, you know? Yeah, Maurice, what you think about it? What you think about that? In the wasn't right in the other player's face. It was kind of a, a pass by. Uh, you can see it. It wasn't right in her face. Um, I just saw the backlash from how they attacked um, Angel Reese. 
not you know so many of the fans social media people have to remember these are 19 18 19 20 year old women who are who are who are still young still emotional you're playing basketball at the highest heights you just won a national title it was very competitive um you know coming in what Caitlin Clark brought and I think they got amped up for her and I'm sure she was amped up for them her her trolling you can say she could have been more humble no disagreement in that but I think the national backlash I think that's overkill yeah yeah I, like I said I'm not mad at it at all I mean that's just caught up in the moment and you gotta think about this team won this is their first ever national title their first ever national title that they that they ever won. I mean, like Dad said, uh, they they won the team that only won nine games before uh, before uh, Monkey got there. They only won nine games for them to have an improved season the next year and then come back to win a national title. I think it was just a moment. And, you know, I just think I, at the end of the day, I think the players respect each other at the end of the day. I think they respect the hell out of each other at the end of the day. So when you have a national title, uh, and when you caught up in the moment, you're gonna go, you're gonna have some physicality, you're gonna go have one, you're gonna go back and forth. Uh, just like uh, most of the people say, you know, the game was the game was kind of officiated, kind of officiated, um, uh, pro not properly, pretty much. I mean, you know, you had uh, Angel Reese got beat up on a play by Monica Sonato, you had Sonato got uh, hit, come back, she comes back, get her with a bow, kind of in a chest area. I don't think it was nothing that serious, not. Not nothing that serious to be looking at, or just to throw up out of the game. I'm glad the ref made the right call. Uh, in that national championship, we want to kind of let them ball out and let them play a little bit. It's going to be physical. You're going to have some of those moments. Uh, but like I say, this is a clear cut. You know, LSU was by far, you know, the better team. Better team. They just basically came out and just spanked them in that second quarter. And um, no, Jasmine Carson came out. Uh, she got put out of the rotation for Kateri Pool. Basically, uh, she didn't have much confidence in her shot. Uh, she didn't score. I don't think she scored the last three games coming into the final four. Exactly. Into the final four. She was pulled early in the final four, but basically not exactly. shooting the basketball, not shooting the basketball. Basically, she was pulled early in the game. So other than that, this was a straight beat down. I didn't pick the game. I didn't pick the game, but I knew LSU had a far better chance to win this game, far better chance to win this game with the players that they do got, with the athletes, like Marie said, with the guards that they have, with the guards that they have. And, you know, Iowa just was outmatched at the guard position. In every position on the floor, Iowa was outmatched. They were outmatched, out athlete, every position on the floor. I thought Alexis Williams was the best player in the second half. Yeah, the best player in the game in the second half. She controlled pace and she got her spots whenever she wanted. She was that mid range, it was water. It was was automatic. She was clearly the best player on the floor in the second half, controlled the pace of the game, uh, got her teammates involved. Like she was. She was amazing the second half. I mean, as a team, the team effort they put forth, you got to give LSU all the credit in the world. But I just thought she really stood out um, yeah. in the second half. She was the guard that was guarding Caitlin Clark and took the challenge most of the game, too. She ball pressure Caitlin Clark to death and frustrated Caitlin Clark to death. Even when Caitlin Clark made that step back three pointer, that was hell of a defense, man. That's just a hell of a shot. Hell of a shot that that girl got there and made. And you get that with a great player, man. You get that with a great player. So, right. Uh, Dez, you got anything to touch on before we move on to the next uh, topic? Uh, I just want to give credit to Iowa, too, because, like you said, it's, you guys both said it's a great team. I mean, 
they no. locked out my CU bus. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and that's a, you know, that was first, and I was like, man, come on. But Caitlin Clark, she's a beast. Their center, Sonano, uh, a great senior season. Um, and don't forget, I mean, we can't forget Iowa played with the start same starting five for ninety three games. You know, yep. so in Caitlin Clark's uh, post game remarks, she was like, you know, I played ninety three games with these with these starting five. This group, I'm going to cherish it, but. But like you guys said, it won't be surprising if we have another uh, rematch, you know, next year, you know. Um, I just feel like Iowa just has to get more physical. Um, and LSU, I mean, they just, they're just going to be ramping up, man. They're going to be ramping up. So, I mean, women's basketball is be- definitely on the map, and uh, I'm definitely proud of it, man. I'm definitely proud of it. And we're going to have to acknowledge Coach Mulkey. This is her yep. fourth national title. Yep. Uh, yep. And she, she has two as a player. And I don't think people, people sleep on the fact that she took over a team that only won nine games. Yep. This is season two, and they're national champions. She's right behind people like Pat Summit and Gino Amiara. I'm killing his yeah, name. Yeah, I, I get that name wrong. I kill his name too. But <laughs> and, and I think a lot of people figured also she's the first woman to win national titles at multiple schools. So, I mean, she's just a great coach, and you have to give her her due. Yep, I mean you see you seen the all all postseason all postseason all tournament. Uh, if a player not playing right, she snatch she not gonna hesitate to snatch her right out. In the final four game, I'm telling you, final four game, uh, when they played against when they played against Virginia Tech, when they were down, they were getting out hustled at the beginning of the game. She sent Angel Reese a message. Angel Reese, Angel Reese wasn't boxing out. She was getting out hustled. She wasn't uh fighting for loose balls. All the 50-50 balls was going Virginia Tech way, and she snatched her right up out of the game. She was selling a match, snatched right up out of, snatched her right up out of the game. Jasmine Carson, same thing was done to Jasmine Carson. I don't think I, I don't believe Jasmine Carson saw the floor after that. After that, uh, if she saw the floor, she she didn't see it for a long time. And I like the way she coached, like the way she uh, hold the player, hold the players accountable. And you don't see many coaches uh, pretty much. Uh, you know, do that, but you got to send people a message when they're not going out there and battling for a long time in that game until the second half. Virginia Tech had LSU right where they wanted them. When she took, when she took Angel Reese up out of the game and sent her a message, Angel Reese came right back in and she played hard from here on out. From here on out, I mean that that's what uh uh you know Maurice was talking about how Kim Moki was coaching, man. So got to give credit to that. Sometimes when you show these players. Hey, that they not playing hard, you take them out, you send them a message. Hey, they come back in, they make sure that don't happen again. And that's that's that was the message that was actually sung. So give credit to uh, LSU. They was the, the, the better team. We know they didn't face South Carolina. But, again, got to give credit for Iowa. This was a great run by Iowa. You know, Indiana was probably one of the best teams all year long. They got knocked out early by uh, Miami. Miami had a great run. Miami Hurricanes, Lady Hurricanes had a great run. They weren't supposed to be uh, this going to the league. They didn't like that, but they had a great run. So there's several teams that have a great, had a great run. But so we're going to switch it and flip it to the men's side. Cinderella story of the tournament, uh, San Diego State, UConn. UConn, we don't expect, we, well, UConn, they was projected to be probably right in the Elite Eight range area, borderline Final Four, but San Diego State coming out in the Mount West, Nobody thought they would be in the natty, but we got UConn tonight and San Diego State. I wouldn't be surprised if it be uh, kind of a massacre, but I, I'm not going to go that route. I believe UConn will win this game, but I'm not going to be surprised if the game be closer because San Diego State is very good defensively. 
They're very well coached defensively. They know how to be physical, but I think UConn is going to be a little bit too much with Sunoco. That dude is hard to deal with in the paint. Sunoco is hard to deal with in the paint. They got a lot of height. They got a lot of length. Um, they Caravan can shoot. Caravan can shoot the lights out. Joey Calcantara can shoot the lights out. Uh, Jordan Hawkins can pretty much do it all. He's going to be a probably a first-round pick coming up in this draft. And Coach Hurley. Coach Hurley did a phenomenal job with this program. So, uh, Maurice, give me your thoughts up on this championship national title game tonight. If San Diego State can't slow down Sunoco, mm-hmm. it won't be a it won't be a contest. This, like you said, it could be yeah. over really fast. But I will say this: officiating may decide this in some ways because if they let them play, if they let them play, I think that bodes well for San Diego State with their athletes yeah. and how they play physically. You mentioned it yourself; they're a very good defensive team. They mm-hmm. switch out. Everybody, all their wings have great lateral quickness. Yep. So I think that it, it, if if it's a physical game, it's going to be a very good game, and it'll, it bodes well for San Diego State. Yeah. This. Oh, man, this is definitely a game uh, tonight. It's definitely going to be a game. Um, uh, Mo, what you touched on, though, if they don't slow down Sonogo, it, it's going to be lights out. I mean, they got UConn has two big bigs. Yeah. Um, I forgot the other guy's name, but – I mean, that guy is big. When they played Miami, you just see when the center of Miami tried to take it up, I mean, nothing was going in, you know. They were getting frustrated. Um, and in San Diego State, um, they definitely have defensive uh, pressure. Um, I just feel like they won't have enough in the tank. I'm not trying to write out San Diego State yeah, all day, yeah. but, but it's a Cinderella story. I mean, I mean, the last five games, they've been winning by less than 13 points. So, you know – and with UConn's defense and the guard, I mean, that guard is just amazing. The guy was sick, actually. Um, it was on IVs every other hour yeah. Yeah. Uh, before he played Miami. And Miami's really physical, too. UConn, I feel, with Sudoku. And the guy, I mean, he scored 21 and 10, 9 from 11 from the field against Miami. Um, I forgot the other guy's big name's name, but, I mean, he was definitely effective in, in the game against Miami. So they can't slow down the bigs um, and definitely the guard as well. It's definitely going to be a run in the gym, in my opinion. Another thing is um, UConn kills you on the boards. Yeah, they get they get so many second chance points. If if you can't at least be even with them or close to them on the boards, that's another way that UConn's going to hurt San Diego State with their ability to dominate the boards on both ends of the floor. Yeah, I think uh like I say again, if they can't stop Sonogo, although that seven foot uh big that comes in, it may be a massacre. It may turn into uh something ugly, uh unwatchable pretty much. I think UConn is a better team overall, but San Diego have the tendencies to slow the game down and make it a tough, rugged, physical ball game. And if they make do that, they can turn it, they can pop they can turn this game, they can uh probably turn this game upside down if they can find a way to slow the game down. So if you if San Diego State can slow the game down, they have a big old opportunity to win. But what's going to win UConn, this game is second chance opportunities. I just don't think uh San Diego State is big enough to stop the uh Sunoco and the uh other guy that comes in. I don't think they're big enough. But not only the centers are big are big and tall, uh the uh, perimeter guys, they got size too. I mean, you got uh, Newton. You got Newton, who's about six five, a six five guard. Uh, so you got a lot of length. You got a lot of length, and 
San Diego State don't score the ball in a high rate. They don't score the ball in a high rate. They struggle at times in in half-court situations. Now, they do got a a guard, Lamont Butler, who's uh, on an all-defensive team, um, um, all Mountain West defensive squad. He is a very good defender as well. So look for him guarding uh, Newton and putting some pressure on Newton. Uh, and getting up into Newton for a little uh, for a little bit, but uh, I think UConn is just like it's the better squad. They they may be the better squad in this game, and uh, it's going to be hard to keep uh, Sunoco them off of the boards if you're San Diego San Diego State. So, uh, any last uh, thoughts upon this game? I'll just say this: if it's a close game, yeah, then then that means that San Diego State somebody on that team has had one of those quarters or halves like Carson had last night. Yeah. It, it's going to take somebody that's not naturally a scorer to maybe come up with 16 or 20 points. They normally would. That's the kind of effort they're going to need from somebody in San Diego state, because like you said, they're not really a high scoring team. Yeah. This. Sorry, I'm here. Uh, I, like you said, uh, Mo and, and coach, like you said, if San Diego state can get somebody to, slow UConn down it can definitely be effective uh Matt Bradley for San Diego State is averaging like 12 and almost 13 points a game um and so I mean San Diego State only have like two guys really that can really generate that type of offense so um if San Diego State can slow down the offense for UConn and add that offensive pressure it'll be a game but um like I said UConn with their bigs and that guard they have the complete package um, and I feel like with those bigs, I mean, those bigs are taller than me. I'm only five four. Those guys are like six foot. So, you know, they're six foot eight and seven foot seven feet. So, um, you know, I just feel like if San Diego State, San Diego State has the physicality, then and and doesn't it, it can match the size and the energy, then it can definitely be a game. Um, but if UConn did what it did to Miami, and by that second quarter in Miami, where you just see Miami get frustrated with themselves, yeah. Um, that's when UConn will definitely uh, get a dub. And, I mean, they've been to the NCAA tournament, I think, what, four or five times? They've really been been there, not a regular, but um, yeah. frequently in the past year. So um, it'd be nice to see them win. But I'm definitely rooting for San Diego State. I just want somebody different, you know. Um, yeah. Cinderella story, it would be nice. But, I mean, UConn, I mean, they're seven half, they're seven-point favorite right now, seven underdog favorite right now in the bet. So um, I feel like UConn has – I think UConn will win it for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm. A, I got a question that I'm gonna add in to both of you, but again, uh, I feel like Miami. They play too much individual basketball. You can't beat a lot of teams like that. I mean, you got three legit guys that can put the ball on the floor and score, but for Miami, it was definitely no ball movement. And their coach, uh, Larry Nigger, even said it at halftime. We wasn't moving the ball, so that's what one of those when I that's one of those uh, when I call. Doing your thing, playing, doing your thing, basketball. Isaiah Warren gets the ball; he's not giving it up. He's going; they're going straight ISO. They're trying to find; they're trying to find a basket. Got away against my Longhorns, and that hurt me to that hurt me to my heart. But he got away against my Longhorns because we had to go on a goddamn scoring drought. It hurt it. But Jordan Miller, he gets the ball; he's not penetrating. He, he's penetrating. He's not looking for nobody, and everybody else just standing around. So other than that, you can't beat too many. Not a good defensive team like you can You're not gonna win like that. So they won. They got by. They got to the final four with that. It worked for them, but it didn't work against UConn. So uh, it's good to have dynamic guys that can put the ball on the floor. And matter of fact, three of them. But again, uh, Nigel Pack was off. Nigel Pack didn't ha- did not have a good game. He was off that night, 
And that's another key to them. Nigel Pack is a big key. He's a sophomore. He's a sophomore. He's gonna. Uh, I'm assuming he's gonna be back. But you ain't be. You ain't winning a, a title playing individual basketball. I don't care how many uh, players you got. You're not winning a championship playing individual basketball. So, um, I got. This is a question I'm gonna throw at y'all. What team? What's what team in y'all opinion that you guys had before the NCAA tournament started? Not during the regular season. But when this tournament was started, give me a disappointed team in you guys' bracket did that did not that you thought they were going to make the final four, but did not make the final four or the league eight. I don't know if it's disappointing. It's disappointing in the bigger picture, but um, I had UCLA making the final four. I did, okay. but in some ways, you could say they might have overachieved, um, and they lost a great game. Um, so there's no shame in losing that way. Yep. Yeah, UCLA is a good team, a really good team. For me, I'm from Colorado, but uh, Alabama, man, that was kind of disappointing in my bracket because everybody was like, oh, they got the number, you know, number one team. They got the team. They got everybody. Great guards, great everything. And they just got smoked. Like, it, it was like, come on. Like, I really thought that Alabama, I really thought that Alabama at least make it to the Final Four or the Elite Eight. Um, you know, and then when Kansas got beat, that's when I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a different tournament. Because when you have two powerhouses that, you know, analysts been talking about all year and, you know, teams. And you see the cohesion with yeah. teams and they just smoking teams in regular season. But like I, what you guys said, when it comes to the postseason, it's totally different. You know, when these tournaments, I mean, you're going to a different state for the first round, the second round, the third round. And it takes a toll. And you can't get too complacent. You know, like you said with Miami, they were just dribble, dribble, dribble one-man show you know you yep. can't do that you need to move the ball and i think that's what san diego state needs to do tonight they need to move the ball uh pick yep. a roll try to get so they'll go in foul trouble i mean try to try to do something um alabama was disappointing me because i mean they were just smoking teams they were quick fast physical um but i mean next year i think they can definitely do it that's the beauty yeah. of the tournament though it's a one-off you know, <laughs> if if Alabama had to play them, say, in a five-game series, we probably wouldn't you – know, they'd still be playing. But that's the beauty of the tournament. On a given night, if you're not playing your A game and another team comes in, you can get taken out. That's what makes the tournament amazing. Yeah. Uh, right. I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get into Purdue because – before when the season started, they're gonna Purdue is always this type of team. That's not my dis most disappointed team, even though they are disappointing. Uh, they always have a good enough team that can make it to the final four, but never good enough to make it at that route. So, and they had a busload of talent on point of team. I mean, you had a top five pick in Jaden Ivey, and you had the best player in the country, Zach Eady. You still couldn't make it to a final four. And with Zach Eady alone, you still you couldn't make. You, you didn't even snip. You didn't get. Get you lost in the first. We lost in the first first round. So not going to get into Purdue. They always going to be good in the regular season and in the tournament in the Big Ten tournament, but never good enough to even make it. Uh, even Pat never good enough to make it to a final four. You know what? This you know I know this guy personally too, and you know what hurt me. Y'all know what hurt me to my heart that I thought that really had a good chance to make it to the league eight if they beat it. FAU. I thought Memphis had a good chance to make it to an league eight. I really was really hot on Memphis going into the tournament. They were hot. They beat come off a win against Houston, against uh, Houston and Marcus Sasser with Kendrick Davis. Turned that ball over, kind of hurt. And I almost cried because I knew him personally. And he played – uh, he was very good in AAU ball. 
And hate to see him go down. Hate to see it go down like that. But even if Purdue would end up winning their game, end up winning their game, I thought I thought Memphis was gonna definitely smoke them after the after if they would have won their game. But unfortunately, they lost a close game to FAU. That turnover definitely hurt it. That turnover definitely hurt it on uh, moving the ball up the court. You know that was kind of this. That was kind of uh, really disappointing for me in Kansas. They fell apart when Bill Self left. They fell apart. They come. They fell apart when uh, Bill Self kind of uh, left. They lost the. Uh, they lost uh, two out of the last three weeks to my Longhorns. But I think having Bill Self out really kind of hurt at Kansas. They really kind of hurt them. And Arkansas was a pretty good squad, man. They record didn't indicate. They record didn't indicate. They were a pretty good team. They were. They were a good matchup for uh, Kansas. They were a vulnerable, a vulnerable matchup and. Kansas uh, coming off a national championship year, one of the best players in the country, and Jalen Wilson, that guy can pretty much put the ball in the basket against anyone. But again, man, like I say, I had to go with Memphis, man, because I thought Memphis could really do some damage and get to the at least get to the league eight. I, I was really high on them, and that goddamn loss against FAU kind of hurt it. That loss kind of kind of hurt it in F against FAU, so. Uh, a dark horse. How about a dark horse? How about a dark horse that you guys had that y'all thought that could? How about a dark horse? Um, I don't know if Princeton's a dark horse, but I had Princeton. I thought Princeton had a shot to get in. A, Princeton is one of those teams, or one of those schools. For as long as I've been watching, they just beat you with their system. Yep, they're they're not the most athletic, but they're the most fundamentally sound, and they just they make you play their pace. And they beat you with their system. Yep. I have to agree with uh, Mo on that one, saying because I mean their system just fit, you know, and um, they were going to definitely be a, a Cinderella, Cinderella story for sure. But it would have been nice to see a different team, you know, make it, you know. So I definitely go with Mo on that one. Definitely, definitely. Mine was uh, Indiana before they got smoked versus. Uh, <laughs> For uh, Miami, before they got smoked versus uh, uh, Miami, they were outplayed in every fashion of the basketball game in that game, and it was hard. Really hard watching Indiana play that play that game the way Miami and Hurricanes dominate them. So uh, we're gonna move on to the NBA, and I don't want to. I don't got time. Did I, I believe this was a setup by Key and Freddie? Because we got to always, <laughs> we, we always got to talk about. We always got to talk about. We gotta talk about the Lakers because they in a play in turn. We gotta talk about the Lakers, you know. But I do respect, I do respect the Lakers. I don't like them, but I do, I do respect. I will admit when they're doing great and when they're winning games, when they're winning games and stuff like that. So again, yes, they beat my Houston Rockets last night. Full credit for the full credit for them, full credit for them. You play what's on your schedule, you can't control that. But again, man, like I say, NBA season is almost over. Uh, do y'all give me y'all playing teams? Who do you, in your opinion? You're playing teams for uh, both East and Western Conference. Uh, Maurice, start with you. Who you think will make the play-in tournament? Your four playing teams for both team for both sides. I thought Dallas was going to make it, but I, it looks like Dallas is thrown in the towel. They they seem like a team that's just <laughs> collapsed. They they've given up. That's that's what it looks like. There's there's a disconnect between not just the two best players, but the two best players and the coach and probably the front office. So I, I'm disappointed in Dallas. I mean, it's not over yet, it, it, but it doesn't look like they're trending in the right direction. Um, I think the Pelicans are getting in, even though they haven't played their best basketball. I think the Pelicans are going to get in. Um, 
it's funny because there was a time when we were saying, well, the Lakers might make the play play in. And now we're not talking like that, right? Like we're yeah. now people are saying, like, well, the Lakers, Lakers could get the fifth seed. That's that's crazy that they have a shot to do that. And I don't know if that's credit to them, which they have played well of late, or just how weak the back end of the West is. There's four teams with 38 losses. That's crazy. Yep. It's really crazy. Uh in the East. I'm not. I'm not sure about the East in terms of the play-in. Um, I haven't been following the back in the East as much as the West, so I'm not really sure about the East. Okay. But I. But I will say an interesting matchup that I, I, I want to see. I do want to see the Sixers. They're going to be the three seed. I'm interested in seeing the Sixers play against the Nets. I think the Six. Of course, most of us are going to say the, the Sixers should win that series, but. I think the Nets are coming into the playoffs with house money. They have nothing to lose. Yeah. So uh, I got a proposal. I got a question. I'm assuming the bottom half of the East. I'm gonna just let me know if, if it's a lock or you still think they can uh, get in. So right now, you're playing tournaments. You're playing tournament teams right now. Uh, you got uh, Miami in seventh. Uh, there are two games up over the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they my disappointed team. This year, I can't believe that 39 and 39 adding a 20 plump per game score and a great defensive player, Murray. And you still this bad, you still this bad. And you find you gave your head coach so much crap, so much crap. You even playing worse without him. You now that you're five, you still playing worse. You're still playing the same bass, same type of basketball that you did five. So, was really was uh Nate McMillan what was a problem? Was he really the problem before you fought him? You know. It don't look too much better that you got Quinn Snyder. It don't look too much better when you hire Quinn Snyder. So other than that, uh, you got them 39 and 39. You got them in eight. You got the Raptors, 39 and 39. I think they may blow that team up in the offseason. You got Chicago Bulls, who's been on a good run, 38. You got 38 and 40. Do you think that hold up? The next team, Washington is eliminated. So this look like this is going to hold. This is going to hold. This look like it's going to hold up. Okay. But give me a play-in team. Give me a play-in team. Do you think that can get one of these top six seeds uh, a problem in a series? Not saying they, they're going to win the series, but they has a possibility to extend a series. Miami. Okay. I agree. Gotcha. Miami. Got they, Miami they, they, they've had a disappointing season, but they've also had a lot of injuries. But put Miami into the postseason and – don't sleep on Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Butler is like one of the most un- – we know he's a star, and there's more talented players than Jimmy Butler, but there's not a lot of players that I would bet on in a big game over Jimmy Buckets. So I would say Miami can extend the series. Man, I agree with you on that. I've been raving about Miami. I was hoping they get – I'm hoping they get the 60 because I think they can present Philadelphia a problem. Really, I think that team is a different team in the playoffs, and you do, nobody knows – how good Jimmy Buckets turning. He turns into a superhero in the playoffs. So, Des, give me your team. Hold on, Freddie. Uh oh. <laughs> no ahead, Des. Hey, so um, Lamar, um with those teams, it's locked in in the East for sure. Okay. Um, it's definitely locked in with the East. I definitely want to see um, Philly in the 76ers and uh, the Nets because the fact with that matchup coming up, I mean, you got Ben Simmons that used to play for the 76ers. Oh, he's you know, now he's with the Nets, you know? So, I mean, 
it's just one of those situations where um, the East is pretty locked up in the West. Um, I mean, Dallas is a disappointment. Like most said, it is a disappointment. They're half, one and a half games back of OKC. OKC got beat uh, by Phoenix yesterday, 128 to 108, uh, with Kevin Durant scoring 35 points. So, you know, in the East, it's pretty locked up. I definitely want to see um, – Well, the West is kind of interesting because the Lakers, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Nuggets fan by heart, um, but the Lakers themselves, like, they're starting to get healthy and they start to get their stride too, so I got to give them credit where it's due. Um, and they will probably not even play Denver. They're going to probably play Memphis if they beat New Orleans in the playing tournament as it stands right now. So Denver... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Dez. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think, I, hold on, hold on, I think the, the Lakers might... They have a shot to get the fifth seed, fam. I mean, they... Hey, Mo, 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 I got you. I got you, brother. I got you. Right, Dez, who go. says somebody to play him, tournament? Right, I mean, yeah, come on. Play him. Play him. Play him. I brought the topic up. I wanted to make it more interesting. I brought the topic up. That's why. Are we talking about the Lakers and the play? Dez, we have way more goals and aspirations to do than just make the play. Sir, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell y'all what Dez is doing. He's he's afraid. He's very afraid right now because he knows what's coming. Because I'm gonna tell you, nobody wants to see a peak in Laker team. Nobody wants to see a LeBron James and Anthony Davis led team in the playoffs. I'm just gonna be honest. And Mo, I'm gonna ask you a question. Do you what does this team remind you of? Does do you have do you does this team remind you of anything? What the way they're playing right now? Yes. Uh, it, it reminds me of the team that won a title a couple years ago. Thank you. LeBron is playing that backup role. He's going to still give you 18, 20 points, but guess what goes up? His assist goes up. Um, but guess who's being more dominant? LeBron James. We have that Vando being that Alex Caruso role. We have um, Rui, you know, c- coming in there off the bench, giving us buckets. We have D'Angelo Russell. Floor general, guy that can score. Uh, you have Austin Reeves, dirty guy. You know, we have the right pieces. And I'm going to tell you, Dez, you, that whole Oli Jokic, he, not gonna, he don't want to see Anthony Davis. Hey, you, why do you think he's resting? He's resting because he knows he's going to have to be 100%. He's going to have to have enough energy because AD, yes, he's going to do that on offense, but just imagine what he's going to do on the defensive end as well. I'm telling y'all, I'm dark. Hey, there's dark, there's dark, scary moments in the NBA right now. I'm just letting Let me chime in real quick. Let yeah, go ahead, so Dez. You, you, you're right on the Lakers. They, they, they rise and they get in their stride, but then you think about it. Anthony Davis cannot stay healthy. That is one of the biggest knocks on him. He cannot stay healthy. He had to score 40 points just to get a win. Like, you had to score 40 points. And Nikola Jokic, like, I'm a Denver fan, man. And you can just see he makes every teammate better not saying lebron doesn't either lebron does the exact same thing but when you look at nikola Jokic, man and just what he put when he gives the nuggets i mean you got aaron gordon i mean we got players caldwell pope which he used to play for the lakers so you don't think kcp is already getting intel like hey you know, whole different this system, brother. This oh, Darvin yeah. Ham, that's Frank Vogel. Darvin Ham, Frank Vogel. <laughs> hey, two different but, people. But true, true, true. But, I mean, Denver, honestly, Denver, we're not even focused on the Lakers. Because <laughs> you, you ah, we're not even focused on the Lakers. <laughs> hey, let them know, Dez. Y'all down here. We up here. We already got the number one seed. Our bench is our biggest weakness right now, which everybody knows because of the fact 
once you take Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon out the game, and you put in your second unit, Reggie Jackson has been a disappointment. Mm. Christian Braun has definitely taken his spot. The guy's a rookie, and the guy has hopped, plays massive defense. I mean, they barely we barely beat the Warriors last night. But the thing I like about Denver, we have a spirit and the cohesion. The Lakers are just putting pieces together with players that have those dynamics that can make up for that cohesion. But Denver's been playing with guys like Aaron Gordon. I mean, they've developed guys to the point like uh, – uh, Carl I mean, number 31. I mean, he can shoot threes. We can shoot threes. We can do the pick and roll. Um, I just feel like Nicole Jokic is taking a break right now because the fact, look, you only got, what, three games left. So, I mean, it's load management. Jamal Murray has to be a little more consistent, which Michael Malone has said, hey, when we lost those games and had a losing streak, we got to stop being complacent. We got to understand we're the number one team in the West for a reason and we need to get yeah, this yes, yes. window. Yes, let me let me let me educate you one thing, my brother. And Mo knows this, especially when the early two thousand and all those Lakers, Phil Jackson, you know, we won we was the first in the West for so long. And then Phil Jackson's like, yo, we not we don't care about that no more. We just all about what happens in the postseason. This Laker team, they knows what the, why do you think LeBron came back so fast? Because he smelled blood, bro. He smelled blood. He see how weak the West is. He see these teams that are falling. Golden State is like a roller coaster. The Clippers losing Paul George. They're like a roller coaster. Phoenix Suns have no depth. They play no defense. Even though they have Kevin Durant. Even though they have Booker. Um, they see Denver. Denver, like you said, your bench. One thing, the Lakers, we depend on our bench. Our bench is strong. We don't, hey, Mo, we know our bench won us games this year because we've outscored our starting five at times. We play defense. That's one thing Denver don't do like us. We play defense. We, I believe we're actually like a top three, top five defense, defensive team since the trade. So all I'm saying is don't judge us based on before the trade deadline because we have pieces. We have a D'Angelo Russell who can get hot at any moment. But, it, but the key is Anthony Davis. And he's going to dominate, bro. Like, like it's funny to me. Like, like I'm just like, bro, just laughable. Like a few weeks ago, everybody like, oh, the Lakers going to be a playing team, and now we're only a one and a half game back from number five. Right, that's bro, crazy. I want number six because I want Denver because I want to show y'all. <laughs> I, I, I want. I really. I'm gonna tell you. I kind of want Denver, but I also want Sacramento because because I believe we go to Sacramento. That's going to be a Laker environment. Yeah, you're going to have some Kings fans, but the Laker fans are going to take over that arena. They'll just call it what it is, especially in the playoffs. Uh, we, play, we play the Clippers in the playoffs. The Lakers are going to take over there as well because that's basically our arena. Um, but, Dez, I know you're afraid. I know you're afraid. <laughs> you're tiptoeing like Michael Jackson. You're doing the moonwalk. Hey, you, hey, you know. Denver wants to smoke. I mean, that we want to smoke because do they? This is the one because I live in Denver. Man. I'm a Denver fan. This city, when it comes to sports towns and sports teams, they are so impressed with them. Hey, Des, I'm gonna let you know, man. Don't fall for it. Freddie trying to get you wild up, man. It's not <laughs> He's trying to get you out your game. He's trying to get you out your game. Be on the court. Don't let him do. Don't let him do it. He'll try. He'll try you. And see what you got. See if you're gonna fold or ride it up. Don't don't fall for it. Don't don't fall. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. <laughs> give sure. give Denver their credit. You've got Jokic. Jokic will drop 25. He can give you a triple double. Jamal Murray's good for 20. 
You got Porter Jr. at 17 a game. I think Aaron Gordon is around 15. KCP gives you 11. Their top five, if you if their if their regular season numbers hold up, they can be a problem. But all I'm saying is, in the playoffs, when when the court is shortened, mm-hmm. numbers tend to come down. Denver's a top offense, but they're a middle of the road defense, and mm-hmm. they don't have depth. If all things being even, and Anthony Davis is healthy, because we always say if when we talk about health, but if he's healthy. Don't be stunned if the Lakers beat beat Denver. It, it's not stunning. Think about this. As good as Jokic is, and he's having this MVP-like season, Anthony Davis, over the stretch, has played as good or better than anybody. Mm-hmm. And LeBron, because of how Anthony Davis is playing, he can pick his spots. That mm-hmm. makes him dangerous because he can pick his spots. And now you've got somebody like D'Lo who can drop 20. You got Austin Reeves that can give you 15 or 16. Preach. You got you got yeah. Rui coming off the bench. He can give you 10 or 12. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a there's a versatility there. I know, I get it. People think it's pie in the sky, but Freddie said it. LeBron looks at the West and goes, outside of maybe Memphis. There's blood in the water. There's an opening there. Hey, even against Memphis, you know why, bro? Because, hey, you know, just like I know, the playoffs slows, the game slows down. That running and gunning is going to slow down. Defense is going to get better. Uh, One thing about Memphis, this is not the same Memphis team as it was last year. Last year, they had shooting. Right now, they're struggling from the three-point arc. Um, so I'm concerned what happens in the half-court game. without, And then without you having Steven Adams. And then without Brandon Clark. Like Brandon Clark is a great lob threat. Um, but didn't they just get the guy that can shoot the three from the Clippers? I, I'm slipping his name right now. Um, yeah, I believe they did, but that's not a I'm talking about a defensive presence against, against Anthony Davis. Well, I think you, look, J- Jackson Jr. is probably going to win defensive player of the year. I don't think he can just hold up AD one on one. I don't know who could. And you're right, if they make if they make Memphis have to beat them. In a half-court game, Lakers going to win that series. Memphis doesn't really play well in a half-court set. They have to play fast. They're at their best when they're playing fast. Morant's at his best when he can play in space. That Everybody knows that he's a great player. But if he when he's in space, unstoppable. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to make it a grind where everything's about half-court execution, that might be a struggle for them because as good as Bain is, Bain's shot comes and goes. They can struggle at times, and you're right. Without Stephen Adams, that big body, that mm-hmm. rebounding, that presence, that's going to hurt them. Jackson is better playing the four than he is playing the five. Yep, and I'm going to tell you, um, Jamal Murray's not going to go off because, hey, I believe if Van, I'm, I'm looking at Vando, and that, hey, I'm going to tell you, the Lakers have not had a guy like him in a while. Um, long, lanky, defense, hustles. Um, he's a, I'm trying to remember who was the last Vanderbilt we've had. Um, I mean, I know you, we had Caruso and those guys, but I'm just talking about long and lanky. He kind of reminds you of a Lamar Odom in a way, um, similar, you know, I mean, Lamar wasn't as good as defense, but he's a guy that can handle the ball as well. Right. Um, pass the ball and all that good stuff. But, um, I believe, I believe he'll guard like a Jamal Murray or even a Michael Porter Jr., uh, where those guys are not going to just like go have 
go crazy on him because he's going to lock somebody up. And you know what, Craig? That, that makes it so much easier for LeBron. Because LeBron don't have to chase after nobody. No, oh, he can just say, you know what? I'm gonna just stand over here at Aaron Gordon. Cause we know Aaron Gordon not gonna do too much. I mean, he'll he'll catch a lob here and there. He might knock down a three or whatever, but he he's not gonna be. I don't want him chasing Michael Porter Jr. around the court. I don't want him chasing Jamal Murray around the court. Um, you know, so I mean, oh Des. Des, can, can, can you do me one favor? Can, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a proposal here on the Sports Empire Network because, hey, brother, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, Coach Dante right here does play-by-plays for the network. He does a wonderful job. He's yes, he does. The, he's, he's the best in the business at it. I want to do a Laker first Denver in the playoff play-by-play. Hey, oh. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you all a story. Freddie know where I'm going to go with this. Oh, Lord. Freddie know where I'm going to go with this. Now, we had, when I first got here, he asked for a play-by-play. I said, let's do it. You know what Freddie did? Hey, matter of fact, Des, he played the same Denver Nuggets. He played the Denver Nuggets. You know <laughs> and they were getting beat so bad, he went to sleep on the stream. I thought we couldn't wake Freddie up. <laughs> hey, we couldn't wake him up. I've been trying to get people to come do a play-by-play on. Hey, now, now, Brett, he's very good. He'll come do a play-by-play. Freddie, I haven't seen him since do a play-by-play. He made one of the playoffs, but hey. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> hey, 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 I live in Texas. LA games, they be late over here, bro. <laughs> they be late. <laughs> hey, they like 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning when I'm getting the show. I'm oh, wild over here. Everybody can't be like Coach Dante. He just man lives on two hours of sleep. Yep. That's all that's all I need. And I'm back up. But um, I want to elaborate something, bring up another topic. Uh I know Freddie, we got I got Freddie point up on this one, but I want to get everybody's side on the Dallas uh, Mavericks situation. They've been put up out of the playoffs pretty much on the loss against the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, boy, I'm ready to talk about this <laughs> one. All right, so who, who, what percentage, what percentage you give the blame on? Is it really, is it Kid, Coach Kid, Luca, Kyrie, just everybody? Freddie, I'm going to start with you because you've been talking about it. Freddie. Who 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 gets all of this? Who gets all of this blame? Who gets all of this? I'm blame? so sick and tired of the media finding the easy <laughs> route out, trying to take stabs. I mean, bruh, it's so easy to go out to Kyrie Irving. It really, really is. But Kyrie Irving isn't the problem. He's not the problem. It's Luca, and everybody seems like they're afraid to say that. They're afraid to say Luca is the problem. And this isn't no stabbing Luca because Luca is a wonderful player. I love Luca. Hey, if there was any young superstar I wish the Lakers could get, it would be Luca. Because I know one thing about Luca. He's going to be available. He's going to dominate. And we're going to go to the playoffs with him. Well, until this year. <laughs> um, but Luca kind of reminds me of James Harden when he was in Houston. Chris Paul when he was in with the Clippers. He dribbles way too much. The offense that they run with him, it doesn't work in the NBA. It only worked one time. That's with LeBron. But guess what? How did it work with LeBron? He had to have LeBron James playing out of his mind. He had to have Kevin Love being a spot-up shooter. It took him out. Of, it took K-Love away from his game in Minnesota. He used to be a real dominant post-up player. But he turned him into a spot-up shooter. And you had Kyrie Irving, and you had shooters around them. 
Luca liked to have the ball in his hand. He had the ball and he dribbles the ball. Oh, the shot clock have like five seconds left on it. Here you go. Make a play. It, that, that game don't work. Why do you think Jalen Brunson wasn't even interested in giving them a meeting? Because he's like, yo, I don't like that style of play. And then you bring in Kyrie Irving. And then they try to change the style of play. And that's why Luca comes out and say, I'm not having fun anymore on the court. Because you know why he's not having fun? Because he don't have the ball in his hands. He plays no defense. Kyrie don't play defense, but your best player doesn't play defense. You got rid of your best defensive players in Smith and Din and um, Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie was okay being that second guy. He was okay not taking as many shots. He was okay, you know, letting Luca do his thing. Then you 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 have and then you have um, Christian Wood as your big man that plays no defense, literally none. You can get me and Bo out, Mo out there in the post, and we have a better chance guarding the opposing center than he do. Let's just be honest. I'm 200 plus pounds. I'm out of shape. I'm ready to get a donut right now. <laughs> right now. And I got a better chance to guard somebody in the post. I'm just being honest, you guys. Like, it comes a time where, yes, Luca is a great player, but he deserves some criticism. And right now, I just believe since everything Kyrie Irving has been through, it's so easy to go after Kyrie. It really is. It's so easy for the media to attack him. But hey, all I know is since Kyrie been in Dallas, that he's been available to play. He's actually played pretty good. Only time he's missed games because of due to injury. It's not that he's going doing what he's been doing. So I'm not blaming Kyrie Irving on this. I'll blame Mark Cuban for him not analyzing this better. Because, I mean, we I didn't think the trade was going to work. But that's my that's my opinion. This who you got? Who 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 who's getting a lot of a lot of this power? Who who you getting? Who you got the blame power? Who you got the blame power? Uh, it's only one person to coach, and the reason why because the coach the coach is supposed to coach, right? So you get Luka Doncic and you make a trade for Kyrie Irving. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, they're going to the finals. They're going. They're going. Look like we lost this. I'm here. I'm here. Defense wins championships. Um, and like you guys touched on, they're not playing a lot of defense. Um, it's a lot of – and the ball handlers too. You got to think about besides Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, who do they have? Because every time you see the box score, they're putting up almost, what, 40 points, almost both of them apiece, and they're still losing games. Um, so Jason Kidd, I think, needs to get some blame and the ownership. They need to go to the drawing board uh, during this offseason. They have the cash flow. See, then keep, keep Kyrie because Kyrie may want to jump ship and join the Lakers. I mean, you know, so. Please do things. not do that, Kyrie. We do not want you. Please. We're good with D'Angelo Russell. Right, Mo? Yeah, we, we're good. We're straight. <laughs> but, but I feel like, you know, it, ownership needs to just, it's ownership in the coach because the fact is you've got this big name superstar Kyrie Irving and he has been available. He has played well. Luka Doncic. Um, he's been a little bit more physical, and it's Euro ball is different than the NBA. And I don't, I know that uh, Euro players try to bring their aspects of that their game to the NBA, and it works at times, but um, it doesn't work right now. I mean, offense can win you games, but defense wins championships. So um, 
you want to get defense, and they just got to get bigger. They don't have no defense. So, you know, I just feel like it's ownership and the coach. Mo, who you got, man? Who's getting the other's blame pot? I think it's across the board. One, I know when I first heard of this deal, I was like, why would you do that? It didn't make sense to me. The deal didn't make sense. You you can get a name and you can get numbers, but you can't replace chemistry. I don't blame Kyrie in the sense that I didn't think it was going to work for, to begin with. I think Mark Cuban was desperate to try to get another star next to Luca, not thinking what he actually needed. The same way we talk about LeBron is better with shooters and defenders, uh, guys that'll do the dirty work. Luca has his flaws, but he's better that way too. Like, think about what he did last year to, to Phoenix. He destroyed them. He destroyed them at home, got in Booker and Chris Paul's face. That's the kind of player. Look, we can talk about defense, but a lot of great players, let's keep it 100. A lot of great players, they're not good defenders, but we don't talk about that because they're so dominant and so impactful on offense. James Harden was never a good defender, but he was dominant and impactful. This current version of LeBron, still great on offense. He's not playing a lot of defense. And he's not the only one. KD competes defensively, but he's not a great defender. He, I watched the game last night. He said he wanted, he wanted Shea. He said, I want Shea. He got Shea. And Shea blew by him four times in a row because <laughs> he, he can't guard Shea. That's just, I'm just being real. This blame pie starts with Cuban. It starts with Luca because I'm thinking this, here's here's where Luca's wrong. Once the deal's done, and it's your team, it's on you to try to make it work. It's on Kyrie because I don't think Kyrie adjusted his game enough to be compatible with with what Luca does best. It's on Mark Cuban for sure because you traded away your best defenders. Yep. You traded you traded away a guy in Dimwitty who can also who can not just score, but he can get buckets. Like you you were good with that. And like Freddie said, if you was really gonna do this right, you would have never lost Brunson. But Brunson didn't even want to meet with them. Brunson knew from the get, I'm not coming back to this. I'm not saying Luca's not great, he is, but I'm not sure what star is gonna sign up to watch Luca play. I only think Luca can play if he's playing with guys that are more like role players. I don't know if he can play with another star. And I'm not saying you can't have success with that. I just don't think you can win titles with that. Yeah. Um, you, can't have, you can't have success with that, bro. It's a new style of basketball. I mean, you see teams, you have to – teams that have won championship, they've had another star beside them. And just ask you, every point guard Dallas have brought in, ask yourself, why have it not worked? Why have they – really, Luka really need to be a two or a three. He don't need to be a point guard. If Dallas really wants to win, he needs to be a two or a three. I'm a guy that can play off the ball. There's going to be times he's going to have the ball in his hand because all-stars do. But there's got to be a time where he's off the ball as well. And, and I don't want Kyrie Irving just to be a spot-up shooter. That's not Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is a guy that <laughs> who can dance with it. He can get it in the inside. He can get the mid-range, and he can hit it three. And he's more efficient than Luka. 
Luca is. I, I know it's something I'm going at Luca because I really do like Luca. I love. I love just watching his game because I want to see what fancy pass he's gonna do, what crazy shot he's gonna make, or whatever. And and he takes bad shots. He just really do like these threes. He step back threes. Like he just take bad shots throughout the game, and his you know his ability to just dribbling the ball, dribbling the shot clock out. 20, you know, time after time after time and setting up his teammates for failure. Uh, I just believe that they need to have a sit-down talk with Luca and say, hey, in order for us to win the championship, in order for us to be competitive, we need you to take that next step. And there's nothing wrong with taking that next step. Look, and sometimes you have to be humble. <laughs> you have to get humble. James Harden had to get humble. James Harden had to leave Houston, go to Brooklyn, didn't go to Philadelphia to get humble. We even seen it in Brooklyn. James Harden might say, "You say, you know what? I, I they don't need me to go get thirty five in a triple double no more. They just need me to get fifteen to twenty points, and 10, 11 assists. They need me to facilitate." Russ, it took Russell Westbrook how many teams? He went to Houston, went to uh, Washington, went to the Lakers, and he went to the Clippers. It takes time. He had to be humble. And if I was the GM, if I was the coach, I would point that out to Lucas. Hey, man, you're young. If you want to win championships, we need you to kind of get the others involved. And not just part of shooting, get them involved in the offense more. I agree, but I also think that this offseason is going to be so big for the Mavs because I think that roster – I, let's let's all agree Luca's not going anywhere. Yep. So that that mm-hmm. roster has got to be compatible to him. Even if you want him to adjust his game, which I agree with, it's got to be compatible. And he might not realize this. He needs a big, and I mean a legit big. I know we talked about they had JaVel McGee. They're not going to use JaVel McGee. They, they really haven't. But he needs a big that can be a rim runner, a shot blocker, and somebody can pull down 10 to 12 boards. He needs that. He, that's crazy. He that, that, that's JaVel McGee. That's crazy. Sure. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> but but he but he needs that. I, and I also think he needs he needs wings that can get out and attack people. At the end of the day, even if he competes harder on defense, Luca's never going to be a great defender. You've got to have wings that can cover your star or hide your star the way a lot of teams do. Mm-hmm. I will ask you guys this question. Is Kyrie going to be a Maverick next year? Because I don't think so. I don't think he will. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you, Mo. And I, I, I hate I hate to say this. I think Kyrie might be out the league. Let me say that again. I think Kyrie mm. Irving might be out the league. And the reason why I say that is because even right now, he's turning to be the scapegoat in Dallas. There's two. He got Man, when teams start to get fed up with you, we see what would happen. We look at Carmelo Anthony. And I don't know why he's not in the league. You you can't tell me that there's 15 men on each team that's better than Carmelo Anthony at this point in his career. We've seen him last year have, have won his best seasons off the bench. I'm talking about as a role player. And he played won his best seasons of playing on the defensive end. You can't tell me that, that Carmelo Anthony's not needed. Dwight Howard, 
I understand he's what he's doing overseas. You know, he won't play. He can't play that style of basketball over here. And he knows that. But you talking about a big body, a guy that can play defense, rebound, catch lobs. You can mean to tell me you you can't. I mean, when when Clint Capella was out for the Hawks, you can't use it to White Howard. Go to State, you can't use it to White Howard. I mean, there's things like that. I mean, Kyrie Irving has has brought a bad name around the league. I um, mean, it started with the, towards the end of Cleveland, toward the ball in the Boston era. And Brooklyn was just took it took it to a whole nother level. Um, I just don't know any other team that's going to really want to take a risk on giving him a max contract. Um, like hundred percent. I think the Lakers was interested, but when they saw that what they was able to get throughout the trade, I think that kind of convinced LeBron. So you know what? We got D'Lo, who's younger. We got a younger team. But like, who's? I don't know who's going to really want to invest in a guy that might not be available. Um, I just don't. I just don't know who. Somebody will want him, but I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to give him a max contract. Yeah, I, I think he's going to get one of those maybe two year. That's really a one year deal to prove prove himself contracts because because of the things that Freddie just said. He's not going to get a max contract from anybody. And let's just be honest, Kyrie Irving, the player, <laughs> deserves all the money that he can get because he's a yep. baller. He yep. is a baller. Yep. Um, it's just the off-the-court stuff that kind of kills him. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get into uh, one last thing on the NBA because I do got an NFL topic and that I want to get to Freddie uh, about. So coach of the year. Maurice, who you got as a coach of the year? Who you got as your coach of the year? I got Mike Brown. I think Mike Brown, what he's done for Sacramento, I'm going to go with Mike Brown. There, there's some other worthy candidates, but I'm going to go with Mike Brown. My, I think think about the drought that Sacramento has had. We're talking about since 06, I think. Yeah, 06. Last in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. He's turned that team around. Now, granted – they still have their flaws, but if you go, if you've watched the Kings and I've watched a lot of their games, those guys compete and they don't lack for confidence at all. Like I don't care who they're playing. They go at you. They, they come in there. They've got swagger. They've got attitude. If you watch the Aaron Fox and Sabonis play the chemistry, those two have, they're a problem on offense. So I, I I'm going to give it to Mike Brown. All right. This we got coach of the year. I'm a Nuggets. Oh, he don't. Tell ah, me yeah. Don't you dare tell me you better say Mike Malone. I do not oh. want to hear this. That's why his camera went out. Yeah. <laughs> no, not Mike Malone. <laughs> I mean, Minnesota Day. I didn't even knew what the house was going to be. Freddie, so then come back. Who your coach of the year? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you who it is, but I think it's crazy that people have put him the head coach of Boston in that conversation, and it's no disrespect to him. It, it's really not, but that team is loaded. Like they're expected to be where they're at. Like I expect Boston to be a top three team in the East. So I don't. I mean, I just don't see how you could put him in that conversation. That's just my opinion. But I would have, I would have to go Mike. Oh, you got me, Mike Brown as well. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Sacramento has been irrelevant since the Lakers knocked them out. 
at the Western Conference Finals years ago. Years ago, like what, 20 something years ago? Yeah, that like, was like 2001. I'm like, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, we've seen them. Web and company. Yeah, yeah, we we've seen them make. We've seen them get better for the last couple of years, but still have not been able to get over that hump. And we've been waiting. We've been waiting to see this Darren Fox um, since he's been in Sacramento. We've seen Glimpse, but we haven't seen it when it matters. And we're going to finally see Darren Fox when it matters. Um, so you have to go Mike Brown. They don't play defense, but he got them they playing don't. offense. I mean, they, they play – they have the problem. They have an elite offense. And Dez, don't you come up here and say no, Mike Malone. Don't you say nothing that crazy. Woo. <laughs> Go ahead, no. Dez. Uh, I mean, Mike Malone, man. I mean, he's, <laughs> hey, he, hey, I mean, he's changed. He's changed different culture, man. And I mean, they're number one in the West. I mean, Nikola Jokic, and I won't get an MVP, MVP debate, but I feel like he should win the MVP. Um, I mean, just what he's done in the culture and just changing the team. Um, I mean, he's been on the hot seat a couple of times here because the fact, like, you know, sitting down guys for no apparent reason, you know, and they losing games. Um, and so, uh, and not believing in young guys a lot. But uh, I feel like Mike Malone, because what he's done with Denver and with Nikola Jokic and Aaron Gordon, and now you got Christian Braun and developing a him. And then uh, Peyton Watson, the guy from UCLA, a rookie, great defensive guy. Um, and you got to tip the GM, uh, Calvin Booth. I think he should go GM for the year too because, I mean, no. first year guy, but he's done great. He's done no. great. No. Des, let me ask you a quick question. Your team's the number one seed. Joker's got a legit shot to win his third MVP in a row. What happens to Mike Malone if you guys have a short playoff? Because for, for all mm. the hype, anything less than a trip to at least the conference finals, what happens to Mike Malone? That's a good question. I think that um, that's a good question. I think uh, here in Denver, I think we all talked about it when we had our slump of losing those games. We questioned the coach, like, you know, if, if we come up short, I feel like it's going to be a good meeting uh, where ownership may have to look and say, hey, um, we've come up short in the past couple of years. I mean, I think this year is our year because you think about when Denver lost to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals when it was the bubble. I don't think Denver forgot about that. And then you got two, <laughs> two LeBron. He just got back. He ain't gonna be healthy, man. I'm just saying. So, I, and the reason why I say look pretty healthy to me. That sounds like on. wishful thinking, Des. No, no, no. It's true, but I think if owners, if it, if we come up short, there will be a meeting with ownership and Mike Malone. And say, hey, are you the right guy? You know. But I feel like everybody's bought into the system, and this is the year. It has basically it's a winner now situation for Denver. Um, the Lakers. I just feel like I said. I'm not trying to get off topic. But I just feel like the Lakers, if you don't have a healthy LeBron and you don't have a healthy Anthony Davis, there's no shot. I'm just hey, saying hey, that. Hey, Dez, I'm going to tell you this. Fight back, Dez. I see LeBron Duncan. He's healthy. And yeah. Anthony Davis, he's shown y'all he don't care. I'm going to tell y'all, man, the, the narrative around Anthony Davis needs to change. It, it, and right now, the other day, I, Mo, I almost <laughs> cried. I started praying. AD went down with that spring ankle. I said, oh, oh yeah, yeah. My season's <laughs> over. I said, oh. That's what but, I was thinking. But I commend him. I could, me and Mo have seen the times that happens. AD don't go get back in that game. He dragged, <laughs> and I mean, he dragged one foot and dominated. And then he turned around 
and they asked him to press conference to report like this. Um, so what about Houston? He said, well, what do you mean? He said, Houston. He, he said, am I playing? He said, hell yeah, I'm playing. Like yeah. Anthony Davis, right? He know he knows what's at stake. Because he not just for this year, he's trying to remain a Laker down the line. He knows what's at stake. So I'm I don't I'm not talking about health. You know, if you, everybody's hurt, everybody's dealing with something. If you can play, he's going to play. Of course, if Nikola Jokic break a leg, brother, we know that they're done. I mean, if LeBron breaks a leg, he's done. We know that. They, hey, but they're going to be they they're all going to be dealing with something. So you, I know you you tab dance. I know you're kind of scared. <laughs> I know you're kind of scared. But hey, it, 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 your time is coming, and we're gonna we're we gonna meet again. We're gonna talk again. But coach, I gotta ask a question. Yes, I know sir. you want to get to NFL, but who do you, you know? Because I'm looking at two franchises that have, um, I'm looking at Dallas and I'm looking at the Nuggets. I've seen two franchises that have, mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, got you know Dallas on the Western Conference Finals. Last year, we've seen these teams, you know, take strides. We've seen the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals a few years ago. What superstar and Luca or or Jokic request a trade out of their franchises first? Luca, I think Luca request uh, request a, a trade first. Uh, start uh, like after this year. If this continues to next year, I can see him wanting out. I can see him definitely wanting out. So I think not this year. I think depending on what the offseason moves up is, what they do in the offseason, that's going to be key. Whether they keep Kyrie Irving or not, or what if they keep Christian Wood? I think they didn't. Uh, they uh, they didn't uh, give want to give Christian Wood a contract. This year, also losing Jalen Bronson hurt, hurt it as well, which we've been knowing he was going to be gone because his father is also the assistant coach over there with uh, New York. So that prompted his way to go to New York immediately. So I think this is a big offseason for Dallas that they got to figure out some things. So, like, I look at I don't look at what you got in the trade. I look at what you lost in the trade. They lost Finney Smith and they lost Dinwiddie. I look at what Utah lost when they got Gobert. They lost Jared Vanderbilt. They lost Jared Vanderbilt, who was a reliable, who's a great defender, who's a great defender. And they lost, um, they lost, uh, they, I'm not too sold on Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota's a very good team. I don't really think. Bro, Vanderbilt was the steal of that trade. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that's what I'm saying. He's one of my worst trade this season. Yeah, that, I don't think uh, Minnesota, I still don't think Minnesota's very good. Uh, Four number one picks for Gobert. Worst trade this season. I'm sorry. But you only, trade four number one picks for somebody that's that guy. Gobert's never been that guy. At best, he's the guy shots. next to the guy. Right. Yep. Right, but that, he yep. blocks shots, and people recognize he's a good rim protector. But every postseason, every team spreads Utah out, and they yep. eat him alive. He is a liability. He's overrated. He's hey, Mo. Four number ones? Hey, Mo, that's a trade that you call the Lakers say. Is Anthony Davis available? And you say, yeah, that's that's the start. Fourth number ones. That's just the start. And then we're going to start talking about Donovan Mitchell. We're going to start right. talking about, you know. But yeah. <laughs> but, but, but back to that my That would have made better question. sense. Well, yeah. But back to my original question. I believe after not this summer, but next summer, I believe both of them request a trade. And Dez, wow. you like you like you're about to like what I'm about to say. <laughs> I believe Denver trades for Luca oh, to wow. team up with Jokic that make him happy. I believe Luca is going to be what Powell was to Kobe 
we, we, he requested, you know, when we got Powell. Hey, and I'm going to tell you, nobody, this is going to be the most deadliest. It would be the most lowest do what we've all, we've ever seen, but it'd be deadliest. That would be scary. If that actually went down, that would be scary. <laughs> they, they, neither one of them can jump over a phone book, but that's scary. Yeah. Hey, they both talked about it though during the if you guys notice during the all-star break, who they sitting right next to each other. They sitting right next to each other. They friends. They played each with each other overseas. And I mean they definitely talked about it. You know, they had an interview, I think, about a year ago, and they both talked about it saying, you know, it'll be nice to play with each other. But I say Luca uh to Denver, but see, like Denver, we have assets, but like we don't have a lot to give. We don't really have a lot to give. Coach, so probably one one quick question. I'm sorry to interrupt that. I think there's another team that's going to have some problems that might make some changes. I think Atlanta's going to make some wholesale changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I pointed that out earlier. I mean, you blame all that crap on the head coach, Nate McMillan. You got Quinn Snyder who did turn around. You Trey know, Young's a baby, coach. Trey Young, is he's one of those young no, guys. No, I'm just saying the same problems, the same crap is happening. The Atlanta. problem is Trey Young. Well, I'm not saying who to blame is on. I am. I am, Coach. It's Trey Young. You can say who to blame on, but the same crap still happening in Atlanta Atlanta, that it was happening in Nate McMillan. So, otherwise, you should have went on and rotted out with Nate McMillan. It's the same problem in Dallas, bro. Trey wants the ball. That that roster, it's flawed because of how you built it and how you use or don't use the players. Like, I get why you got DeJounte Murray. Because he can defend at a high level and he can give you 20. It doesn't help Trey because Trey doesn't defend at all and he's ball dominant. Not to mention, look at John Collins. Mm-hmm. John Collins has fallen off the off the uh, he's just disappeared because he's he not existed. He's been one out for two years. He's been and, one and out. He's frustrated. He's frustrated. He, sh- he should be. He his minutes yep. are down. He gets like eight fi- shots a game. Like they don't either they don't want him or he don't want or both, but I'm not saying John Collins is a superstar, but put him somewhere where he's used and he'll be impactful and he'll be productive. They're they're mishandling a lot of young talent in Atlanta. Sure is. Now, I'm, I will say this, like Fred said, Trey Young is an issue of the team. I mean, he was a part of the reason why Coach Nate McMillan got fired. He was a part of the reason why him and John Collins got into an altercation and John Collins called him out. He didn't like it. He came in the next game passing the ball on purpose and costing the team. So he is a part of a locker room council. I will say that, and he takes too many terrible shots. He takes too many inefficient shots, and that slows their off. That slows their offense down. It stops their offense a lot. They don't have the defense outside of uh, Murray. Outside of Murray, Clint Capella has not worked out in Atlanta. He's been off the, on and off the court. You don't know when he's going to play. It's a lot of issues outside of Coach Nate McMillan. Hey, Coach, Go I got, I have a trade proposal. And I believe, I believe this trade would help both teams. Oh, my God. Don't, don't. If I was the Hawks, I would trade him to L.A. Not to the Lakers, to the Clippers. I would trade Paul George. Um, so draft picks if you have any. Um, you know, you'll probably have to get rid of um Terrence Mann. Get Trey Young. I believe DeJounte Murray and PG and the shooting that they have around them could be a respectful team. I'm not saying it could be a team to win the championship, but it's a respectful team in the East. And then I believe Trey Young and Kawhi Leonard, you still got Zubak, you still have the other pieces. I believe that would be, that would elevate them as well in the West. 
what do you guys think about that trade proposal? Des, what you got on phone? <laughs> That's a good trade, actually. Um, I think a team that definitely needs help, uh, needs a veteran. Um, and I think they got the picks for it, too. You got to think about um, Houston. Houston has fallen off the map. I mean, it's not even funny. I mean, don't talk about young. Houston. Coach Dante will get mad. You see his face boiling right now. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm good. I, I already know we're a young team. That's a college team. That's a college team. They're, they're young. They are they're young. young. But they need a vet. They need a bunch of presence, man. We got a bunch of babies playing grown men out there. That's true. Like, you know, and I, I just I, I think they need a veteran presence. And uh, but like you said, uh, Fred, I, I agree with that trade because. You look what the Clippers did. They got uh, Bones from Denver and got rid of Reggie Jackson. And Reggie Jackson's actually fallen off since he's got here to Denver. And uh, Bones, I mean, he hasn't really been in the rotation as much. And they need a ball handler that can actually pass the ball, um, which I feel that um, Trey Young can do, but he can shoot the three, too, if you need the offense. Because Kawhi Leonard is just falling off. He is not the same Kawhi Leonard that you saw in the Spurs. Hold he's on, just falling off. Hold on now. Hold on now. I don't know. Dez. Kawhi problem is availability, but when he's on the court, he's a problem, brother. I've seen him. The last thing I was watching last week, he was just going off. Like Kawhi's still a problem, bro. But you gotta think about the future, though. Now defense, he have lost a step in the defense. I will say Definitely. that. But when it's talking about getting buckets, nah, man, I can't. I can't do that. I can't do that. Not on Kawhi. <laughs> Not on Kawhi. Don't make me. Don't make me defend it. Look, Clipper. The only thing that I, hey, only thing I like with the Clippers because this, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna, uh, this Friday. I'm gonna see a clip on my edge of you know. I gotta get that Easter cut on this Friday. That's the only thing. Hey, I will tell you that. I will tell you before we move on to uh, Aaron Rock. Oh, uh, his favorite player, uh, Freddie' favorite player. Yes, uh, each time you got a chance to stick it to Freddie, go ahead. Go ahead and do it each time you get your chance. Cause I got you. Hey, well, you the right time to do it. You the take playoff, time. Hey, the play-in, playoff thing uh, with the stream, I'm down to do a play-by-play with your bro, okay. I'm down, man. If the not saying play-in, playoffs. No, no, you got to get in the play-in first. You in the play-in right now. Oh, matter, <laughs> fact, just let you, matter of fact, just, let, just to bring some clarity to this topic, if the Tuesday, if Tuesday, if the Lakers beat Utah, which more than likely we're going to, we clinch a spot in the play-in. So we're going to at least going there. But like AD said, we're getting greedy. <laughs> we getting greedy. <laughs> hey, hey, but Dallas, uh, one thing about Dallas, I'll say this before we go to the next topic. Dallas, even though they're out right now, we can't put some blame on everybody in Dallas right now. You go, look at OKC, their next three opponents. They got the Warriors, the Jazz, and then they got the Grizzlies. If they don't win those games, and Dallas wins. Dallas doesn't play for the fifth of April, but if OKC goes on a losing streak or goes one and two, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas squeaks in. But um, they don't play till the fifth of April, so um, I just feel there may be a chance for Dallas. There may be a chance. I think OKC would be good with losing. They they they're built for the future, not for now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. Kyle. Just like I keep telling you, you know, you, for some reason, you're not listening. You got to listen before you can speak, young brother. You can't judge this Laker team before the trade <laughs> deadline. Because since we've been there, I, I read something the other day that we we have the same amount of wins since the trade deadline. I think since, like, just like Boston. as a team that people say is a championship caliber team. 
Just dropping the nuggets. Not saying it. Just dropping <laughs> nuggets. That's all. But coach, let's transition to the next topic because I'm all interested right, so in that one. We got uh Freddie's favorite player. You already know who he is. Uh Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. We already know. Who he is. It's a <laughs> it's I know a, why you saying boo because you scared. <laughs> I know why you saying boo. Interesting thing that uh that I was hearing yesterday. Now I'm gonna assume that Aaron Rodgers he will be a Jet. We just don't know when they're gonna make the deal. They're just figuring out the compensation for it. So if Aaron, if you add Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, if you add him to the Jets, you got Gary Wilson, Brees Hall coming back from injury, oh. injury. Uh, you got a very good defense. You got a great defense at that. Some dogs on the defensive side. Freddie, can the New York Jets dethrone? the Josh Allen Buffalo Bills for the division and how far you think they can get into the playoffs. Uh, if Rodgers gets there. First off, just like Stephen A. Smith say, he's a bad, bad, bad man in Aaron Rodgers. And you know what? You kind of downgraded him in the opinion, in my opinion, because I say they're equal with the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's if that's if the Chiefs go out and get them a number one receiver, because that's what they're missing right now. But if the Chiefs don't get them that number one receiver, the Jets just the Jets' year to win the championship this upcoming season. And I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> There's a reason why New York won a quarter. They they they're not interested in the Lamar Jackson because they want the most accurate passer of the football. We have not seen nobody as accurate. As accurate as Aaron Rodgers. Let's just be even Patrick Mahomes and I and I say Patrick Mahomes number one is the best quarterback since today's game, but he's not as accurate as Aaron Rodgers in throwing the football. And you the only concern the Jets had I have with the Jets is their O line. And I know they've been trading for draft picks and stuff, and and they're going to uh, hopefully they address that in the draft. But that's the only thing that kind of concerns me about the Jets is that offensive line. Um, they they have the skill weapon, weapons. I believe they're gonna get OBJ. They, I mean, they brought in guys that he have chemistry with. They brought Lazard in. You're gonna have Mercedes Lewis. You're gonna have you're gonna have guys Randall Cobb that he's accustomed to. You're gonna have a running game. Hey, I'm just saying. Even though I like what the Broncos have done to upgrade their offensive line this offseason, because I believe they've done a much better job. And I'm I'm tired of the media blaming everything on Russ. Everything was not on Russ. You got to protect Russ. And then two, the way that the coaching was uh, was using Russell Wilson was not. That's not how you use Russell Wilson. He's not a pocket quarterback. He's a guy that uses legs and make it throw off. He can he can make passes on the run. That's Russell Wilson. And then two, who's he throwing the football to? I understand you got Jerry Judy. That's about it. But who who's he throwing the football to? I'm just getting tired of people throwing shade at that brother. Like, put the pieces around Russell Wilson and you'll see Use him right and you'll see Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. But even that, he's no Aaron Rodgers. And he should have learned that in the NFC, that he is not no Aaron Rodgers because he's a bad man. He make things happen, Tez. And you know it, brother. He make things happen. He haven't lately because Green Bay has let him down. And you know what? I'm so sick and tired of people talking about Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. How the last couple of years, I understand he might have had three bad, two, three bad runs. 
But let's not forget what the Green Bay did to Aaron Rodgers before that by putting that Akemic defense around him, not giving him mm-hmm. weapons. I mean, hey, that organization is a hot mess. They, they, don't be, I, oh, mess. Uh, make me hot on. I just left church yesterday, making me mad <laughs> on a Monday. Man, please. <laughs> Hey, Dez, I told you, each time you got Freddie on the ropes, you got to get, you got to stick it to hey, him. Hey, hey, I got you, man. Hey, I, I got to say something. I like your aspirations for the Jets, man. I really do. I appreciate it. But oh, let's oh, be real. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I don't have no aspiration for no Jets. Uh, I'm a Giants fan, sir. Giants fan. G-Man. The real team in New York. Let's get that straight. <laughs> All right. They're a good team, too. But the Jets, like, you get Aaron Rodgers. It does not make you – it makes you a contender, but it does not make you an automatic Super Bowl contender, at, like, at best. Probably a playoff team. You got to think about it. They got the weapons. They're getting Lazar, and Aaron Rodgers is taking a while because of the compensation. Uh, the wide receiver position for New York, they haven't got Odell Beckham yet. I mean, I don't know who they're really going to use. And you think about it, Nathaniel Hackett's system, it works for Aaron Rodgers because he's a pocket passer. He can run around the pocket and make uh, back shoulder throws and everything else like that. But he's getting old, man. The guy is getting hurt, bruised. Dude is, only has probably a good two or three years left, I think, in the NFL. Um, and I'm a Bronco fan, so I feel like with Sean Payton, he's got this ship running right. Russ understands he's not the alpha. He's already got rid of the office. Um, Javante Williams, he's still coming back from injury. Uh, we got P. Ryan from Cincinnati, which I think is amazing pickup because you got P. Ryan and then you got uh, the, the wide receiver room. We do have one of the more expensive wide receiver rooms, and we don't have a big name besides Jared Judy. But with uh, Sean Payton and with the draft picks that we have, he can turn somebody into something, you know. So I just feel like the Jets, though, they just they trying to get that superstar and get that splash play like Dallas did with the Mavericks. and. It's, I'm not saying it's not going to work out instantly. It's going to probably take one, probably two years to work out because that's a new team, new system, new city, new players that you have to get used to. The only player that you're used to is Alan Lazar. That's the only player you're used to. So I just feel like the Jets, we got pumping the too. They're getting around the Cobb, too, so they're familiar with him as well. True. So those are the only two players, so they could probably teach the other guys on the Jets, but I just But like it won't take long, brother. It just, he just like LeBron. When he, <laughs> hey, it didn't take a hey, we see LeBron playing a few games, these new guys, and they're getting it together. <laughs> just saying. Oh, all right. Before I go to Maurice, I got a question for you, Freddie. Did you take your medicine this morning? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> no, I did not. I'm assuming you didn't. Maurice, go ahead. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers to the Jets can work, but but my main concern is with something Freddie brought up is that old line was horrible. Um, you got to shore that old line up because if the old line isn't shored up, it won't matter what your skill positions are. Your quarterback gonna be on his back. You you that that's just a fact. They have to shore up that offensive line, which is something you know. If you transition to what Sean Payton's doing in Denver, look look at who he drafted. Look at who he picked up. He's putting together an offensive line, not for pass protection, though. He's putting the offensive line together to develop a power running game. Russell Wilson's best friend is a strong run game, so then he can run that play action. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, the great thing about Aaron Rodgers, he can extend plays with his legs as well. He also can dissect defenses 
as well as anybody. But Preach. they need to have that offensive line shored up. If the offensive line is solid, the Jets are going to be a problem. A huge problem, Dez. It's going to be a problem, man. Hey, Dez, I'm, <laughs> hey, Dez, I'm going to tell you this. It might, you know what? I'm, Sports Empire Network will pay for your therapy, brother. <laughs> Denver sports is going to be a bad year for you. Just going to let you know. We will send you to therapy. We'll send you to counseling. We'll send you to wherever you need to go. It, I, I'm going to feel for you, my brother. You're going to be hurt. I'm feel for you, though. <laughs> Hey, we gonna be all right, man. We got the Nuggets on the rise, Broncos. Like I said, uh, well, we hit on the head though. Like we got, we got, we got way better offensive line than the. Hey, Dez, you live in Denver, right? Yes, I live in Denver. Born and raised for twenty. I heard. Years. I heard. I, I, okay, we good then. I heard it's legal out there. Am I right? Yes, sir. It is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. We been uh, Hey, good. Good, because you might need it too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh yo uh i wanted to uh ask uh Dez a personal question so last year you did get nathaniel hackett from last year i saw the coaching played a big part played a uh bad terrible part immediately the moment in the moment that he decided to kick that field goal against seattle which was ridiculous uh that you guys were moving the ball against seattle they couldn't stop you but the moment he decided to kick that field goal I say, yo, he's not ready to be a head coach. And he, it also showed if you had to hire another coach to come in to help you with <laughs> how, how to manage time and how to manage a damn time out, that's really bad. If you have to have another coach to come in and do that, what went wrong for the Denver Broncos? What went wrong for the Denver Broncos last year? Man, a lot of things. I say the, the two biggest things, offense with Nathaniel Hackett's system, uh, when he got fired, news broke out and, you know, players and news outlets here were like, well, what's the, what was the issue? He was so free. Every time that, after that Seattle game, he told, you know, like Russ, oh, this didn't work. Let's do this. Let's do that. He needs to find his system. Now, with Aaron Rodgers and him, you reuniting, you think that it will work. I just think the Jets, it won't work. But with Denver, the offense wasn't working. I mean, the defense, we would shut people down. We would shut down the pass and the run. It would just go, when it comes to offense, it would just stutter. Um, and then when we lost Devontae Williams, that was huge because we really didn't have an identity uh, as a run game. And Russ was just, he had a lot on his shoulders. I mean, he was making uh, singles at the line of scrimmage where guys even know uh, what it was, that the signals. I mean, other teams were picking up on Russ's signals because he was using Seattle signals instead of Denver Broncos signals. Um, and then the third thing, I got to add the coaching, the offensive line coach that we had was putting putting, uh, sticky notes on offensive linemen's uh, lockers and saying what they did bad instead of going to them. Um, The defensive coordinator was great, which I thought we should have kept. But, you know, he just was a fan of Nathaniel. That's his best friend. So I think it was just the coaching because it was friends of friends and friends and not what's on your resume. I can trust this guy. What Sean Payton resume with, with the coaches that we have now, they have over 10 Super Bowls of people, uh, combined, you know, with that experience with former players. So I feel with that experience now and the pedigree, I feel like Denver is on the right track. I just feel now the biggest thing is we're not training Jerry Judy. Um, I feel like we can use him. It's that fifth-year option we have to know that we have to pick up. But 
I just feel like Denver's coaching, the offensive line, and just the offense itself last year did not have an identity. Um, you almost had a chance to have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That's where you messed up at. Yes, you brought the Daniel Hackett down there, but if you would have had Aaron Rodgers, Denver would have, man, Denver would have made some noises. And, and, hey, I understand everybody can't read those type of offenses. Everybody not smart like Rodgers. It worked in Green Bay. It worked in Not like Rodgers, though. I'll take Rodgers over Russ any day. Any day of the week, any minute, second, hour, whatever. There's nothing that Russ do better than Aaron Rodgers. True. But, I mean, Russ puts in – I mean, they both put the time in. They both have the, the, the strong work ethic. I mean, I went to the training camps uh, this past year, and the way it just seems so free. But this year, I mean, Sean Payton even said it, less media. Uh, you know, it's it's a less media presence here. I mean, even when we got uh, Mike McGlinchey and all these uh, new acquisitions in free agency, um, there wasn't even a press conference for any of them. Last year, it was a whole press conference for every single player that came through here, every single coach. Um, so the culture has definitely changed for sure. But like I said, Aaron Rodgers, he's a different dude. He is that dude. But if he can stay healthy, that's the biggest question. Um, he's been healthy for the last couple of years. What are we talking about? Hey, he's missed some games. When? <laughs> when? When the pa- he played, the pa- he played all last year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's hard. Hey, hey, it's hard being on. The, it's hard being on. The you really, hey, you really. I'm telling you, he try to, he try to. He gonna get you what he may get you what day, man. You can't, you can't let him do it. You can't let him do it. He may get you what. He may get you what day, man. He may. He hey, may but the Jets do play the Broncos this year, and I think it's here in Denver. Uh, so it'd be nice to see. I'm down to see blowout. <laughs> My least two touchdowns. My touchdowns. He might not even get one. Mo, who's your football team? Niners. Mm. So go ahead, uh, Mo. Uh, what you think about the uh, Javon Hargraves signing, getting them from the Philadelphia Eagles, and your thoughts on the season this year? For the Eagles or for us? Okay, I mean, it's big. It's big for us um, because it's just going to make things easier for Bosa to work on the outside, what Hargrave does. He disrupts the middle of the defense or offense. So it's big for us. The thing about the Niners is this is a team that's been built to win for the last three, four years. Their problem is one position, quarterback. Got to have a quarterback. Jimmy G's moved on and Purdy played well. But with the injury that he's had, I don't know if he's – I don't think he's going to start the regular season. I don't. I just don't think so. So now you're back to the rookie that you gave up everything for, and, and I don't know if he's ready yet. I, I think that's why they went and brought in Sam Darnold because they don't know if he's ready yet either. This really comes down to – the Niners, if they were set at quarterback the, – the funny thing is they're scary and they're not set at quarterback because of the way – Shanahan calls plays. He can play call you into a win with different sets, but they at some point when you play against the best of the best, you're going to need a quarterback that can throw you a win, that can throw that 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 can bring you back from behind. And I don't think that guy is currently on the roster. Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel in training camp? Should it be 
Just say it, say if Brock Purdy is available in training camp and you have Trey Lance coming off this big old injury uh, that should be ready. Should it be a quarterback competition or who do you feel, in your opinion, that that should have the job, quarterback comp job, or do you feel it should be a quarterback competition? Uh, even though Purdy played well, uh, and, and shout out to him because he really stepped up, you invested so much in getting Trey Lance, you've got to make it a quarterback competition. If you gave up all those picks for a guy that you don't plan on letting even compete for the job, shame on you. They, they've yep. got to make it a competition. And look, who's to say that Trey Lance won't bounce back and earn that spot? Got you, got you, got you, got you. So uh, last thing before we uh, go ahead and end on a good note, I want to uh, – I say I don't know if you guys know – any, I don't know if you guys high on baseball, but I'm just going to put out my scores out there as of right now. And then we, I'm going to get into my ask you guys for your predictions of the national championship game tonight. So I'm just going to go on and get, get into my uh, MLB scores. I'm not going to talk too much about it because MLB, I'm going to wait for about a month or two for the season really kicks out. It's only, uh, it's only, uh, we only four games in the year. So uh, we got the Phillies uh, getting swept. By the Rangers, uh, uh, getting swept in the three-game series by the Rangers. Uh, Key, no, that don't look good for you, Key. Phillies did get swept. They got to play the Yankees today. I will, I will be a nice person and say good luck. Uh, good luck over there in the Bronx. Uh, you got the Detroit Tigers beating the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, beating the Tampa Bay Rays five to one. Uh, we played my Houston Astros. Played the uh, Tampa, played the uh, Tigers today. Uh, you got uh, Kyle, the Boston Red Sox, beat the Oreos after coming back from uh, a walk-off win. They beat the Oreos 9-5. to five. They beat the Oreos in the series. Uh, the, Yan New York Yankees, New York Yankees, shut out the New York, the San Francisco Giants, 6-0. They shut them out today. They shut them out yesterday. The New York Mets beating the Florida Marlins, beating the Miami Marlins 5-1. They, they will play the Brewers today. They will play the Brewers today. The Cincinnati Reds had beat uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates three uh, three to one yesterday. Uh, my, the White Sox beat my Houston Astros, the World Series champs, six to uh, six to uh, three. Right there, good win by the White Sox. Good pitching by uh, Clevenger. Minnesota Twins sweep the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Kansas City Royals, a bad baseball team. They're going to be one of the worst MLB baseball teams in the league. Uh, seven to, seven to four. The Toronto Blue Jays fall to the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Milwaukee Brewers beat the Cubs 9-5. The Los Angeles Angels, they beat the uh, Oakland Athletics. Again, Oakland Athletics, one of the worst baseball teams in the league. 6-0 shutout. Arizona Diamondbacks beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. Freddie, where you at up on that one? Jonathan, where you at? Uh, the Dodgers got beat 2-1 against the Diamondbacks. Seattle Mariners lost to the Cleveland Guardians. And also to cap off baseball, you got the uh, baseball scores. You got the Padres uh, losing, beating the uh, uh, Colorado Rockies 3-1. to Don't look good for Denver, but hey, uh, don't look good for Denver right now. That's one team that ain't, that ain't really good from Denver right now. But other than that, so we get to look at <laughs> so, so again, uh, <laughs> so again, Predictions for tonight, man. National championship. We saw the ladies. Congratulations to the LSU Tigers. Um, yeah, that's all they got. At least they got a nice ballpark. I can agree with you on that, Kyle. They got a, they got a, they got a nice ballpark. They got a nice ballpark.
Yeah, they got a great ballpark. Yeah, they can't see the runs. Got a beautiful ballpark. The water, you got the fountain in center field out there. Looks beautiful out there. Uh, so predictions. Um, Mo, we're gonna start with you. Final thoughts. Who do you got? San Diego State, UConn. Who you rolling the dice with tonight? I got UConn. Uh, we've already discussed this. I just think they're the better team, the more poised team, the the bigger team. I'm hoping as a fan for a great game, but I but I'm with you, Coach. This could get ugly. I got UConn. This who you rolling the dice with tonight? Who you got? I'm going with UConn, man. I gotta agree with the guys, man, because. It's like you said, man, the big, we talked about it earlier, the bigs, man, and physicality. And if you can't show up and be physical, it's a national championship game. You got nothing to lose. And uh, Both teams have nothing to lose, but UConn, they just hungry, man. They hungry. And uh, even their guards said it. I mean, the Big East is physical. And we always play physical. So, you know, they ain't going to back down from a challenge. Um, so I, I go for UConn for this one. Yeah, we all can agree up on that one. I got UConn. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. And like I say, it's not underestimating. It's not underestimate San Diego State. We just believe that UConn is the better team. And again, if you're not going to slow down Sunoco and that big guy, in the big guy, I think it's going to turn ugly really, really fast. Just how that second quarter turned ugly for Iowa really, really fast when they start shooting the lights out. They can't stop them on the boards. And you're going to tell about the. I'm going to tell by the first quarter if this game if this game will be close. But other than that, I think it's going to be a beat. It may be a beat turned into a beat down if they get off to a great start and if they can't stop Sonogo and that big man. It may turn into an ugly national title game tonight. Uh, so we all taking UConn, but I'm going to probably take them in a no large amount and probably a beat down, pretty much a beat down uh, tonight. I'm going to take them pretty much in a beat down. So other than that, man, uh, appreciate y'all for coming through. Mo, tell the people they can follow you at. Um, right here, Sports Empire Network, home. Yes, sir. Uh, Des, tell people where they can follow you at. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, you guys can follow me on Facebook, um, Desmond Lawrence. Um, my profile picture looks like a black shirt. Uh, my Instagram is Desmond2015234. And then my Instagram is Desi, uh, all lowercase, D-E-S-I-2015234. Um, I just want to give a big shout out to you guys. This is an amazing uh, opportunity. I love you guys, and I love the show. Uh, I love the fans. Um, and I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, IFL football, which is like the indoor football league. Um, mm-hmm. I got some friends, uh, Shaq Carrington out there, um, Quan Neal. There's others. Um, there's teams like in uh, Green Bay. There's teams in Vegas. Uh, the Northern Arizona uh, Wranglers, uh, they won yesterday, and they're uh, champions. Um, you have uh, the Arizona Rattlers, and then the two Sean Sugar Schools with the Coach Chen, I actually tried out with one of them uh, with this team uh, this summer. Um, it's his uh, season debut as a coach. Uh, so they're playing the San Diego Strike Force in San Diego, which uh, Marshawn Lynch's uh, brother actually plays on. So um, okay. it'd be definitely, definitely just a shout out to them. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Honored to have you a part of the family. And I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be cool for you and Cool McCain. He's a Denver Nuggets fan to have a show to have a show, a Denver Nuggets podcast. I think that would be cool for you you two guys to work with each other to talk about some Denver Nuggets basketball. But other than that, man, I don't need no introduction for me. Y'all can find me everywhere. I'm the play-by-play guy. Uh, I'm the play-by-play guy over here. Uh, Shout-out to Maurice. You know, Dez, they was in the chat. Maurice especially was in the chat watching watching the game, going every aspect of the game. 
Uh, I do play-by-plays over here, whether it's baseball, national championships, uh, women's WNBA basketball. I love it all. Anything dealing with basketball or NFL, I do it all. No introduction for me. Y'all can also follow me on Coach Dante on YouTube, right there, Coach Dante31 on Instagram and Coach Dante31 on Twitter. Uh, and shout out to the whole family, Empire Sports Network family, yep. man. So as for Coach okay. Maurice, and we got Des. We will see you guys uh, tomorrow. Peace. Peace.